Welcome to NetFront Presence. I'm Jeff Gordon of the Post-Dispatch, joined by Tom Timmerman here in the SDL, Jim Thomas up in the Edmonton Hub. We've got some some bad stuff to go over. The Blues lose game one of their elimination series against the Vancouver Canucks. We'll go over that, that loss and what the team needs to do to start winning in just one moment. Welcome back to NetFront Presence. I'm Jeff Gordon, joined by Jim Thomas, Tom Timmerman, well, JT, the Blues took a big step forward, but they remain they remain winless in Alberta. So, class, I guess for me, seven game series, I'll, I'll go half full. Class half full. What do you think, JT? Half full. Yeah, that's probably probably a good way to uh, look at it. Uh, of course, if they lose game two, I, I think the glass may spill a little bit. <laughs> but uh, my goodness, what, what's up with these third periods of the Blues? They 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 have been so good. In the uh, uh, in the past couple of years, at closing out games, taking care of leads, and uh, nine to nothing, they've been outscored. If you count the round robins, if you want to go all the way back to the exhibition game against uh, Chicago, they've been outscored eleven nothing in the uh, in the third period. But I, I agree with you, Jeff. I it looked like the Blues out there for two periods and about five minutes, and then the Stetcher experience happened, and and. Uh, Things were different after that. I just looked. They did, in fact, score in the third period of that Anaheim game right before the uh, right before the pause began. So, so you know, <laughs> that, that, the last time they scored, they have scored in the third period in their lifetimes. Uh, yeah, I don't have a good explanation for what's going on in the third period there. It's a, uh, it, but it's been an adventure, and you know, they they tried going in uh, with a lead, and that hasn't worked. They've uh, uh, they tried, tried going in tied, so maybe they need to be in a catch-up mode because that's about the the option they've got left for a good third period. Well, JT, do we have a goaltending controversy? Because I think there's probably at least a few panicky Blues fans who were concerned about uh, the Troy Stetcher incident uh, where Troy comes into the offensive zone, the puck's coming to the right point, he goes ahead and fires it at the net, and oh, it, it goes right through the It was Is there a hole in the goaltender? How did that get through there? So Jordan Bennington, playoff hero from last year, yeah, he's making fans a little nervous here, JT. Yeah, what what have you done for me uh, lately? I had a good friend of mine last night at about two thirty in the morning when I'm finishing up the online version of the story. Just out of the blue, I hadn't talked to this person in a while. Jake Allen in game two? Question mark. <laughs> so there you go. But six goals against Vegas. Uh, Jordan Bennington allowed. I mean, he was fantastic in the first period, and I know he had absolutely no help. It looked like he was out there in the second and third period against Vegas with like maybe three skaters instead of five, but still, you've got to stop some of those shots. And I, I even wonder about the first shot, the Bo Horvat shot. It seemed like he was surprised by it, and that was a, a heck of a quick release by Horvat. But uh, again, uh, uh, that one was surprising. So you have two goals that, uh, you know, were. Uh, Kind of of the soft variety, and now Jake has been. I mean, excuse me, Jordan Bennington. See, I've already got Jake as the starting goalie. Jordan has been. He's been. He's been very uh, resilient, and he's always come back from, you know, a bad game or a not so good game the next time around. I think you uh, you can't just kick him to the curb right now. You you got to go back with Jake in game two. Uh, I don't think any of us would be surprised, though. Did I say Jake again with Jordan? Again. And he, he was. And then, and then, so I think he'd go back with Jordan in, 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 in game two. You, you just can't kick him to the curb. But this back-to-back, what is it, Sunday, Monday? 
mm-hmm. I think you got to you got to start uh, Jake Allen in one of those. I would think. Yeah, I think if if the Blues were to lose Game Two, it's a relatively easy move to make to say we'll put Jake Allen in Game Three because you were going to probably play him in Game Three or Game Four anyway. So put him in Game Three, and then you can come back with Bennington in Game Four, and you're it's not like you're making a big upheaval uh, in the operation. But uh, yeah, with back to backs. Sounds like Allen's going to get one of those games anyway. I found, Jim, if you call them Allen and Bennington, that you don't have the Jake Jordan issue. Uh, <laughs> so that, that could be, I don't know, know if that's going to help me. I don't know. I don't yeah. know if that's going to help me. That could be, but that could be their, their way out of it. But you could see, you very easily could see Jake Allen on Sunday if you have another game and, and it wouldn't be you know, too far out of line. You know, another source of irritation for Blues fans, you know, and was the officiating. Now, Rod Brendamore wasn't happy with what he saw in his game. And I think we've seen generally some surprisingly um, October-ish uh, officiating from the, mm-hmm. uh, from the guys there working in the bubble. And my concern is, you know, if every puck battle somebody falls and that, so somebody has to get a penalty, that's, that's really not playoff hockey. It, it did seem like the Canucks had a hard time staying on their skates. And once you start calling everything – at some point, you have to make calls the other way, like the roughing penalty that Dunn just took a high head, a little bit of a high head. Wasn't He wasn't roughed, but they have to call something to start evening it up. And then when you have something flagrant happen, like Shen getting a stick held for some, some time right in front of the net in view of everybody on the ice, and nothing's called at a critical game point because now you're afraid to make calls, you know, that, that, that was aggravating. You know, and I think the Blues, you don't want to put the Canucks in a power play, but I don't know how much I can fault the Blues for – for, for many of those, um, for, for many of those penalties, JT. Yeah. Well, what is about uh, officials that at, even if it were the regular season, the start of the regular season, they feel like they have to make a lot of calls. Doesn't that like always happen? The regular season, the, the preseason games, they make a lot of calls. I, I, I just don't get that. But if you're the blues, you've got to be just extra careful, I guess, with, with how you use your uh, stick. I, I'm laughing uh, at the, uh, Troy Brower and Anthony well, Roussel and what, 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 what happened there. But you, you just have to be careful. Like myself, when I saw the Shen penalty, I thought, now that's a dumb penalty. And, and it led to, uh, what, the, uh, the second goal uh, of the game. And, you know, Braden Shen, he's been around the league for a while. He, he, he should know, okay, they're, they're calling it tight. I, I, I have to be careful. But, it, yeah, it is mind-boggling to see this, this kind of officiating over-officiating in, in the playoffs. Jim, I think this was before your time, but Jeff, you remember like four or five years ago when they got started cracking down on the slashing rule, and we went through that preseason where there were like, you know, six, eight slashing calls in every exhibition game. Uh, it was just, you know, comical. And then the season began and there'd be one or two. Um, but that's kind of what it looks like now. You know, every slightest uh, stick thing gets, gets called. Though, we will say, Vancouver only got called for three penalties yesterday. The Blues got called for what, six. So they're, if the Blues are being careless with their six, it's being noticed a whole lot more. So there's probably a lot more to choose from uh, from refs when it, comes to, when it comes to the Blues. Now, I, I will say this about the overlooked Troy Brower uh, penalty that they did not get called with Troy sticking his stick between <laughs> the legs of Roussel. I got to think that every <laughs> NHL player watching that game got a chuckle because Roussel's got no friends in the league. He's not a popular figure. And I'm thinking the officials are like, yeah, 
And uh, like, oh, well, whatever, that's Antoine, because, you know, he not not a beloved figure. You know, he'll flop around and he'll, he'll he's, he's, <laughs> he's a rat. You know, he, he causes havoc and then he dives around and, you know, he, he has his rep. So maybe that was the one time was like, you let him play. That was the one moment where like, yeah. going, eh, eh. maybe, maybe, maybe uh, Rooney and McIsaac were, uh, or maybe they were even chuckling. Huh? What do you think of that? Yourself? A lot of <laughs> chirping in that game. I noticed so much in that empty stadium. There are a lot of quiet times, so much chirping you could hear. And there, there was plenty right after the uh, Brower herself. <laughs> I think, though, we've proved that Roussel, his cup works. So that was a uh, <laughs> yeah, there you go. product <laughs> testing right there that uh, apparently is. Maybe there's some endorsement opportunities yeah. there, huh? It survived so, the Troy Brower test. <laughs> well, and, and talk, talk a minute about Troy. You, you really that. liked that play, didn't you, Jeff? You, you well, love that's that old school. You know, Tom can appreciate this. You know, <laughs> you, go back, you go back in time a bit, and that was hockey. And, you know, and frankly, when you go back to the Stanley Cup final guys, there was some of that was flat out mayhem. And, you know, even the, like going back to the final four, the Sharks series, there was just a lot of stuff was going on. It was, a, you know, that's what it's supposed to be in the postseason. But yeah, I was a little bit of the Chuck Norris division uh, antics there with the stick work. You know, people getting misty eyed thinking, oh, yeah, Lee Norwood, some places nodding, going, yeah, there you go. Garth Butcher goes, hey, thumbs up. He's, he's no doubt watching that game with the Canucks. <laughs> Uh, you know, playing the blues. He's all over that for hours. Mm -hmm. I bet, I bet Butchie had a, uh, had a good chuckle with that. <laughs> but Troy, Troy is, you know, boy, Craig Ruby likes Troy Brower and it looks like he's uh he's going to be a, an asset until they get back to full strength. How did this happen though? How did Troy Brower come? I mean, they were, they were doing everything, but uh, diplomatically uh, shoving the guy out of the door and all of a sudden uh, uh, again, Tom and I were joking. We, we've heard more, uh, Zoom calls with Troy Brower I, I, during the uh, Edmonton Hub than we have uh, uh, Ryan O'Reilly or, or Alex Petrangelo. All of a sudden, Troy Brower's a thing. <laughs> I was, I, I love this number. Troy Brower now has played in three straight games here in the postseason. The, if, if you go back over the season, he played three games from uh, December 18th to the end of the season. He played in three games <laughs> in the final four months of the season. I don't, I don't um, get it. I, I, nothing against Troy. I, I, I don't get it. 24 times. He got sent to the minors twice um, in that time. Uh, but, you know, he's, he's a postseason guy. This is his time of year. And, you know, I, I think it comes back to dependability. You know, with this Barubi, nobody's going to get from Jordan Cairo in this situation. No, but he knows what he's going to get from yeah. Troy Brower. And, you know, if you put Brower in the fourth line, if you need him on the third line, you can move him up. You know, you have that option there. He's, he's got some offensive chops there. So I think they like the flexibility they get out of Troy Brower. And um, they just, you know, he's a postseason kind of guy. He knows what he's doing out there. Like he knows how to, you know, put a stick in a guy's crotch during a faceoff. <laughs> and, and it shows that they like the, obviously, uh, they want the physical, the heavy style. But I, I, I don't know. Jordan Cairo fans out there must be pulling their hair. And how about, speaking of like, Dusting the cobwebs off. Jacob Delarose, he had played in three games since January. Since January. And all of a sudden, Jacob gave one. We're struggling. We can't score goals. Get out there, kid. Yeah. Well, you know, and he, I, I thought he didn't embarrass himself anyway. No, no. Made, but, uh, you know, he, he didn't let himself go crazy. I guess he hasn't been hitting the buffets overly hard there in the, in the bubble. He's been 
taking the whole I've got to be ready to play thing seriously. Uh, but, JT, when, in terms of getting the group, the band back together, these games are bunched up. Uh, Barber Chef has got to come back in and with adjust to uh, or get himself uh, completely cleared to play again after having, a, you know, being there for the, the birth of his first child. Uh, and then, of course, Sammy Blay is going to be in that perpetual day-to-day mode after crashing into the boards there. Uh, is this a lineup we're going to see for a while, or is there, is there time to, you think, what, Barber Chef maybe by – the game was a game four, maybe, or what are we looking? Well, at? I think the earliest, uh, if he's he's supposed to be back uh, tomorrow, and so if you you have to pass four uh, mm. uh, tests in a row, so I would say the earliest would be game five for him. And you know, uh, Blay, it, it, it it's hard to say. I, I I think they they missed Sammy. I think that line had potential with Thomas and uh, and 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 Bozak and and. Uh, uh, Originally, Baruby said the very first comment he made after the injury was he could be out for a bit. So I, I, I don't know if we're going to see him in this series. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously, Blaze presence, you know, the, the forward depth isn't quite there. When did you start getting into where you're playing Jacob Delarose? Um, <laughs> you know, you, you just, it's not, a, it's not a solid line. Yeah. Who knows what Steen's situation is going to be? He's now missed. Uh, a couple games is, is not practice on occasion uh, during this time. Um, so you wonder about, you know, what he's going to be like, um, you know, Barbashev. Yeah. When, when he gets back in town, he won't have been on the ice in, in two weeks. So how much time does he need to get back up to speed uh, when he's there? So uh, it, you know, that fourth line as we've come to know it may not be existing for a while. And well, let's go up to that. Well, I wanted to just mention something, too, about do we can we say for sure that Tarasenko, they're playing four games in six days here, including three and four starting Friday. He's been in and out of the lineup, and I think it's partly – remember with Fabry, he had been out for so long. Just the hockey muscles that you use playing in a hockey game, you can get a lot of soreness. I don't know if that's what it is with Tarasenko or if it's maybe it's still a little bit of an issue with his shoulder. I mean, we just don't know, but is he going to be able to – be out here in all these games, like play a back-to-back, play three and four. I, I don't think that's a certainty either. You know, I think it's it's problematic when you don't have the, the good group that you really liked to uh, not only uh, line up against uh, good lines, which is what you could do when you have your, I guess it would be the super fourth line together. When you, you, know, you got Steen back in there, you got Barbershev back in there, you got Sonny uh, in his role that he plays well. You can really uh, can use that group to uh, match up against some forwards, but also to really beat on a defense. And I think if there's a path forward to victory for the Blues, it'll be to you know really apply pressure to that Vancouver defense. And I think that's a job they can accomplish if they're at full strength or close to it, but a little harder without some of your more effective players. You know, Blay being one of your bigger hitters, Barbershev, you know, speed and ability to hit. Obviously, Sonny's embraced that role, but if he's got to move up into a different role, maybe he loses some of that. So, uh, yeah, I guess what, the, what I would have liked them to do if I'm a, you know, looking at ways for this team to win uh, may not be possible with the lineup they have in terms of you know, maxing out the pressure they put on that D. And, and we, we don't know exactly what, what it is with Steen. It must be some nagging thing because he's, he's in and he's, he's out of the lineup. He has to – seems like he has to – rest a day or two be, be, before he gets out there. And, and 
he, he's not the player he was three or four years ago, but obviously what a, what a valuable asset he is on that, uh, uh, on that fourth line. So yeah, there, there, there definitely are, are some issues. And, and when you have a Della Rose and Brower, although Brower scored, uh, what was it in the Vegas game? You're, you know, you're, you're kind of low on the offensive uh, punch as well. Has Sunquist been a little quiet? It seems to you. I mean, he just hasn't. He doesn't seem like he's had a yeah. game so far where I've said, "Boy, there's a good, good thing they have Oscar Sunquist there." He is. He doesn't really shown up so far. I think he's had a quiet. I think he's had a quiet uh, camp. Even the the one week of practices that I watched, I don't know how he looked the uh, the second week. Mm-hmm. He just, uh, yeah, he was just he was just quiet. Maybe the problem was he came back from Sweden with that suntan. <laughs> Oscar Sundquist is supposed to look very pale. He just he's just totally out of character. You know, he he's like the uh uh hockey version of a gym rat, you know, he never sees the sunlight. I don't know, maybe all that uh what is it? Uh what do you get? Vitamin C, maybe that uh what do you get from the sun? Vitamin D. Vitamin D, I believe. It's thrown off his uh his his body. I don't know. Well, you know, if you don't you know, if you're not able to 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 build that shift to shift energy and you know it Guys can feed off each other, right? If you've got your, your guys that are tempo setters in the group, it'll, it'll help a guy on a line. He'll pick up his play. It'll help the next line. And if you start losing some of that, that energy, that's the energy they built last year, uh, series to series to series. By the time they got to San Jose, it really almost felt bad for the Sharks because they were really <laughs> flying. And, yeah. uh, and, of course, the, the Boston series is just a flat-out war. Two teams really got after it. But, you know, it's hard because, you know, Sonny can be a temple setter, but sometimes it helps if Barbershev is there running into people. Or maybe Sammy gets people's energy, gets the energy up by crushing a few people. Yeah. Maybe it starts getting contagious. And, and that's with the guys they have, they've got to find that, that energy here quickly because there is, again, there's a path to success against that D that Vancouver has. Yeah, and there's plenty of guys, you know, talk about Sunquist being quiet, but uh, Shannon O'Reilly need to get it going and, and uh, you know, Thank goodness for Perron. I mean, he's he's really been uh, carrying the load so far. Maybe this will get Jaden Schwartz going. That that's uh, just a fantastic goal he had last night. Remember, he had twelve goals in the playoffs, and and uh, didn't have, all of them came before the Stanley Cup Finals. So so maybe they they just need to get more guys going. Well, and that usually means do, do they do they start tinkering with lines? How soon do we see? Uh, people moving around. And Ruby talked about Robert Thomas moving into a top six role uh, potentially here. You know, how does, how does this happen? You know, the, Thomas comes up, you drop Zach Sanford down and then rearrange those pieces of furniture there. And, you know, it's one game into the series, it's four games into the postseason, and, and the offense still doesn't seem to have, you know, any level of cohesion that you can feel good about. Now we have to give the uh, got to give the Canucks, uh, Canucks some credit here. You look at this team; uh, the uh, they they are as advertised as far as their their talent. Now, Pedersen is a special special player. Uh, uh, Vince Dunn can tell you that Bo Horvat is a special <laughs> player too. He's a more solid guy, face off guy, matchup guy. He's, he's really a, a, a Ryan O'Reilly type, except he's also got a burst, as Vince found out. And Brock Besser is a nice young player. Quinn Hughes is a very nice young defenseman. You know, like Markstrom's finally matured at what age thirty into a pretty good goaltender, so they're you know they've got enough frontline talent here. And if you put particularly if you put them on a power play, JT man, uh, they're impressive. Their skill level, they have moved on from the Sedins, and they've got a they've got a nucleus that's going to be interesting. Yeah, and it seems like they get the puck off. Uh, uh, they get the shot off quick, and uh, uh, again that that 
Harvard got it off so quick on the power play. I think it's it surprised uh, uh, Bennington. But uh, I, you know, I think that kind of the in general, the North American media uh, are kind of surprised by the Canucks, at least what happened in, in game one. And, you know, if you just look at the regular season, why would the Canucks fear the, the Blues? I mean, they beat the Blues in a shootout. They lost to the Blues in overtime. And then they, they beat the Blues three to one. They, they have no fear of the Blues. And, and uh, uh, they've drafted very well. I mean, three straight years, they've had a Calder Trophy finalist. Now, that I know they've been drafting low a lot of those years or, or high, I guess near the top of the draft. That's, that's pretty good scouting. Yeah. Vancouver is, is, you know, it's, uh, they're on the West coast, so it doesn't get uh, noticed quite as much that we all love going there. But uh, yeah, I, I, the, the, uh, the Canucks are, are a team that we're seeing them emerge. They're going to start being a good team here uh, going forward. No, but I think like you said, Jeff, it's the, uh, it's the defense and the goaltending. And, and that's what the blues have to, have to attack. Maybe Markstrom has emerged as a guy, but he looked really shaky in that, that last game against Minnesota. They, they, they got to go after their weaknesses. Yeah. You know, the Canucks have made a few mistakes along the way. I mean, uh, Sutter, uh, the money they gave him, uh, he's, he's not worth it. He skated pretty good, I think, in the game uh, yesterday. But, um, boy, they made a gigantic mistake with, mistake with Louis Erickson, who just died when he got there. But – uh, give them all full marks, man. They, uh, they, they made the move on JT Miller, and what a great fit he is. I mean, just yeah. a terrific player for that team. I guess there was some concern he wouldn't play because he, he wasn't in the warm-ups, but, man, uh, that guy, you add him to a group that's got, you know, with, with Pedersen and with Besser and with Horvat. Uh, you know, Toffoli's not playing, who was a real good player that they picked up, uh, you know, late and added to a, a second line that's effective. Pearson's played well for him. Had yeah. a couple of assists in that game. So, uh, but boy, the Miller addition, JT, that guy really, you know, from a role in, in Tampa was more of a supporting cast guy to a primary role. Excellent player. Yeah. And for, uh, he's been very effective against the Blues this season. I think that was his fourth goal uh, last night. Uh, shared the team lead in goals with, uh, with uh, uh, 27, with uh, Pedersen, I believe. And, you know, you mentioned uh, Pearson, another guy that you kind of, don't you almost kind of think of him as a kind of a role player? And he, he shows up, he, he had 21 goals in the regular season. So they, they've got that, that young uh, star power at the top of the lineup, but they've, they've got a lot of, uh, they've added some depth with some of these moves, some of these uh, 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 role players and, and depth guys. And everybody talks about the young Canucks. Their average age is almost identical to the blues. It's just that their, their top guys or top three or four guys are all very young, but, They've got some experience in there, too. Travis Green said last night after the game, the Vancouver coach said uh, he didn't want to talk about what happened to T.J. Miller, but um, he didn't go out for the warm-up. He wasn't ready for the warm-ups, and he played in the game. So uh, he was a man of his word. He, uh, he didn't want to talk about it, and he basically didn't. So, yeah, the mystery of what happened there with J.T. Miller, uh, we may not find out till the year's over. Uh, what was that? Maybe a chili dog that went bad? Um... <laughs> Uh, 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 just yeah, yeah, skates, That's David. what I'm thinking. <laughs> Wait, where are my skates gone? Oh man, I tell you, so, what Thurman Thurman Thomas couldn't find his helmet. Remember the one Super Bowl? <laughs> Maybe that was it. You know, it was it was it was hidden somewhere. Well, the uh, we we mentioned that the Blues did look more like themselves. They did get into their their forecheck. They did do some hitting. Uh, you know, Braden Shen in particular. 
Uh, the, I, I like Petrangelo looking for a shot. I like uh, Pareko looking for a shot. Might want to bring it down a little bit when you got a teammate right in front of the net. <laughs> Might not want to go head high with that shot. But, uh, you know, they're low to high, hammer the puck at the net, sustain pressure. About half the game they had that there. So trying to win game two, even the series, change the dynamic. Uh, first, JT, what your, uh, your, your to-do list for game two? Well, they, it, pretty obvious. They, they, they've got to cut down, even in this, this environment, cut down on the penalties, and they've, they've, they've got to do better in the, uh, in the third period. And uh, it was interesting that uh, Baruby mentioned today in, in, in our Zoom call that, that he thought the energy just, like, disappeared after the Stetcher goal. Maybe, maybe the Blues were just in shock or something. But you would think with a veteran team, you've got 20 members that were on the cup that they'd be a little more resilient than that. So, uh, yeah, there, there's a lot that it sounds strange. There's a lot to feel good about this game, but uh, they've got to get out and get uh, break some of these bad habits. And hopefully, you know, Bennington will be, will be back to Bennington. Yeah. I didn't think they'd be able to go from the whole humness of the first round to the level you need to play at to win in a, in the, Stanley Cup playoffs in one game. So this is kind of the the transitional doorway, the gateway to the rest of the playoffs. I think I think I said it in the chat. They, they were going to probably lose game one just because they couldn't flip the switch that quick. Now they have flipped the switch. The lights, though, are coming on slowly, and oh. they need to adjust the dimmer knob there, I guess, and, uh, and, and go to full brightness there. Um, I think they can get there, but uh, obviously, you know, they're down one nothing now. All right. Well, that's Tom Timmerman here in the STL. We've had Jim Thomas from the Edmonton Hub. I'm Jeff Gordon. This has been Netfront Presence. A reminder, you can find Netfront, the Netfront Presence and all of our podcasts on stltoday.com slash podcast. Also, we've got a lot of really cool coverage coming from uh, JT and Tom and so much going on with the Cardinals and so much going on in the world. So please subscribe to the Post-Dispatch. You don't get the print edition try out our digital subscription and great user service, our great user experience. Uh, until next time, I'm Jeff Gordon. That's Tom Thurman and JT. We will see you later. See ya.